into the new year it's a little too late to say the new year but fuck it we haven't seen each other uh we are here for 2023 the matt and mark movie show however i matt i'm here but mark in the role of mark this week is our good buddy you know him you love him mr tommy nuggets tommy welcome to the show hey thank you i i don't know if i can quite fill mark's shoes Mr. Monstrosky, but uh, I am very happy to be here and be the uh, Andy on the couch to your Conan. So thank you. Well, me. dude, you all you need to do to fill Mark's shoes is fill your shoes up with any Mountain Dew, uh, preferably any <laughs> weird flavor, and then you will uh, summon the power of Mark. Um, but Mark is a, just so everybody knows at home. Uh, Mark, I think we can reveal this. Mark got got the Rona over Christmas break. That's not a joke. Uh, I know this seems like a bit every time we do anything and we reveal any type of news <laughs> at the top of the show, people assume it's a bit. This is not a bit. A bit. <laughs> Mark actually got sick and he's doing better. He's okay. Um, but of course, that means he couldn't physically go to the movie theater. And we weren't going to not talk about Megan. So I was like, Mark, I'm sorry you're being recast for this <laughs> <laughs> and in his stead we have the great tommy nuggets dude happy new year Tom. how have you been man how what are you doing oh, what are you up to these days man i have been good happy new year to you as well um you know even though we're nine days in i'm still getting used to putting 23 on all invoices and spreadsheets and shit like that so oh, yeah. it's it's still fresh and new i have been well man i've been extremely busy um i started a business you know a few months before i started the podcast so check this shit out has been more of a social media page lately. And even at that with the holidays and stuff, it's, it's been a little quiet. I've been doing a lot of collecting and not as much casting as I'd like. Um, but with the new year, you know, I'm hoping to get back into a few episodes I've had on the books for a little while here soon. And uh, other than that, man, I mean, we just went through one of the best 4K and Blu-ray sales seasons of all time. So yes, besides... dude, I've been I've been hitting the fucking I was hitting vinegar syndrome sale all last week. I did a bunch yeah. of ten under ten dollars. Um, I started hitting the MVD is having an Arrow video sale today. I I got a couple things off of that. Um, if you're in the know and you are collectors like like we are, definitely go check those sales. Vinegar Syndrome's over, um, but MVD uh, has some has some pretty good stuff. I, I snagged a True Romance Steelbook. I was waiting for True right. Romance to come down, and I finally got me a, a Steelbook, so I feel good about it. Yeah, because that bad boy's been like 50 bucks since it Dude, came out. And look, I like to collect. I like to spend money, but I can't spend $65 on a movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's got to yeah. have... It better have like a fucking three D hologram of Alabama Patricia Arquette like doing a dance and yeah, some other shit. A, Christian a, hair, a Christian Slater's hologram. hair or something. 
<laughs> yeah, Tupac hologram of Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette. <laughs> yeah, fucking um, Val Kilmer's Elvis needs to appear in my life and advise me <laughs> if I'm going to spend that amount of money. But thanks to MVD, I got it for forty, I think forty bucks, and then even that's steep. Like yeah, after oh, yeah, spending I mean, ten dollars on Vinegar Syndrome, and I did like a ten dollar movie each day, I was like, I can do this. I felt like a kid going to the bodega. You know, you spend ten bucks, <laughs> get some chips, a soda. Yeah. I was like, that's cool, man. Yeah, and I walked away with, like, Creature and Surf 2. Like, I got good movies out of it. (laughs) Nice. And today, I was like, it's a sale. But I was like, god damn, it's just been 40-something dollars. Oh, and it it adds up so fast, especially with the Steelbook stuff and any of the, like, more limited boutique stuff. I I love Kino Lorber, man. I've been digging them the last year. And and I just a lot of times can't pull the trigger on their prices, but they were ones that had a 50% off sale a few weeks ago. So I had to scoop up a few titles there and um, yeah, MVD, you know, they've got uh, some decent horror stuff that I was able to snag on Blu-ray for 10. And it's like, you don't feel so bad when you're dropping 10, but yeah, once you get up to 35 or 40, yeah, you dude, know, it's, it's like, tough. Oh, shit. <laughs> I did. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to brag a bit, but I also feel a little stupid. So I was on the Vinegar Syndrome site, and you know we're giant Chuck Norris fans on this show. As Tommy knows, yeah. we've talked. Dude, there wasn't – I wasn't going to pass up that Sidekicks 4K pre-order. Oh, so no. I laid it down, and I was I like, of you when I, saw I that, can't I believe like, I just spent that. this amount of money on this. <laughs> I was like, nope, can't do any more of these. Cannot do. Really, Sidekicks is, is not a great movie. Uh, it's fun <laughs> no. because of Chuck and Joe Piscopo and Jonathan Brandis is fine in it. But, like – it's only good for kids that were our age at the time. It came yes, out. You know it's, I mean? it's purely a nostalgia cash grab. And, and I fell right into it. Oh, me too. They I took me, dude. Kids. They took me. Yeah. <laughs> like, What did you get on Kino Lorber? Did you get any? What was like your favorite thing you got off the Kino Lorber <sighs> sale? Do you remember? So, yeah, actually, you know, I've been on a Martin McDonough kick for uh, the last few years. I just everything he puts out. Banshees of Inishirin was amazing. Um, I love, love, love three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, so I scooped up in Bruges on the Kino Lorber nice. sale and I think I got it for 15 because it was half price. Dude, so I missed 4K. it and I was so pissed. That's awesome. Dude, I, I don't know how I stumbled on it. Probably because my social media knows I'm a whore for all of these sales right now. So it's like, hey, you want to go to Kino <laughs> Exactly. Now? You've uh, got disposable income. Yeah, you should, you should be spending money right now. And so uh, since it was half off, I had to get an even number. So I got in Bruges, Usual Suspects. Nice. Um, That's a good pickup. Tropic Thunder. And uh, man, I'm drawing a blank on the fourth one, but I, I scooped four of them, man. And they were all upgrades from either DVD or good on digital. You. So, yeah, good on you. Good. I even started noticing that Kino has been doing some TV stuff too. I want to I want to cop that Kolchak the Night Stalker. I'm not even oh, kidding. Yeah. There's a Kolchak Night Stalker That's Blu-ray funny. and I'm like, I think I might have to get that. So it's funny. I actually scooped the DVD of that on Groove like a year and a half ago because it was like seven bucks for the whole, oh, the whole yeah. thing on DVD. And I was like, oh, this is never going to get a high def release. And now it's on Blu-ray. And I'm like, fuck, I need that. Fucking Kino with that <laughs> Blu-ray. Gotten, man. The old man solving crimes of, of hell yeah, serious, dude. He, he's not nature. just putting hell up. Yeah. He's not just winning major awards. Okay, exactly. he's also fucking solving real crimes. <laughs> That's right, real crimes, it's major news. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before we launch in, of course, this week Tommy and I, Tommy was cool enough to fill in for Mark, and thank you again for that. Tommy and I are going to be talking the new 
um, Blumhouse release of Megan. And before we do that, I have a question for you. How do you pronounce Megan? Are you a Megan guy, uh, a uh, Megan guy? Are you a Mithrigan guy? Uh, so, I, uh, I think Mithrigan sounds a little like a Scottish police officer TV show, like Mithrigan, get yeah, in Mithrigan. here. <laughs> Scotland Yacht's <laughs> finest. Um, <laughs> no, so it's funny you say that because I was always calling Scream 5 five cream for the longest time because of <laughs> yeah. five cream. how they presented it to us five and cream so, rules everything around me yes dollar dollar bill y'all <laughs> um so with with megan i'm not gonna lie when i saw the marketing materials and everything in the days leading up to seeing it i was joking like hey babe you want to go watch m3 again um <laughs> you know going full-on phonetic with it i didn't even throw the scottish in it i just was m3 again but <laughs> After watching the movie where they explain how her name is what it is, yes. I've been appreciating and respecting the Megan moniker more. So Same. I'm, I'm Megan now, but I was M3 again when I was being a smart ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was I was being a douche and saying Mithrigan. Also because yeah. I like how Scottish it sounds. But at the beginning, I was saying <laughs> Megan because I'm a Key and Peel fan and I think about Megan right yeah. away. Okay, but then I heard them say Megan, and now I don't want to throw shade at our buddy Jeff from Love of Cinema, but if you listen to Jeff, Jeff from Love of Cinema says Megan, and I'm like, is it a bit? Or I know be. he saw the movie, he's still saying Megan. Jeff, clarify I, for us, please. Yes, and pardon my ignorance, Jeff, but is, is Jeff, is he in the UK or is he? Is he <laughs> no, stateside? Jeff is American and he's on the East Coast. He's in New York. Okay. So I was going to say maybe it's a, you know. It could be uh, an across a the pond thing. Yeah. 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 All right. So um, Jeff's going to have to clear that up for us. So there you go. We're both firmly in the Megan camp or Mithrigan. Yep. Uh, but yes, we're talking Megan <laughs> this week. Dick about it. <laughs> exactly. And I always want to be a dick about it. Always. All, you have to nine times bit. out of ten. <laughs> Nine times out of ten. Uh, but before we talk Megan, I want to do, I hope you'll indulge me, I want to do some quick house cleaning for the show. So let me, uh, Aspot, go ahead and hit that for us. Housekeeping, you want me for pillow? Please go away, let me sleep for the love of God! Tommy, you're one of two guests that I know. I play that drop specifically when you're here because I know you love Tommy Boy like I love Tommy Boy. The other is oh uh, our buddy Jake from Feels Like the First Time. He will instantly nice. go into a bunch of Tommy Boy quotes. So I play it's that. That was for, for Tommy. To not, it's hard for me to not jump in and quote the scene while it's going. I got to let Aspot. <laughs> just just go for it. Tom, just Tom, Tommy want wingy. We could do any quotes you want. <laughs> Tommy likey. <laughs> Tommy want wingy. So <laughs> housekeeping really quick. We've been away for like a month almost now. And I hope you've missed us. So a couple quick announcements. One, Mark, we're not going to be doing any recs this episode. Why? because we're gonna be doing it as a bonus episode that releases later this week. And I hope you all are gonna be happy about it because Mark is actually gonna join for that. So Mark couldn't go to the movies, but he has a bunch of movies he's watched since he's had the Rona. He's gonna sit in with us for a bonus wrecked episode. So check that out later this week. Two, dude, we have a new Matt and Mark movie show hotline. You can call in and leave us a voicemail. And a few people called in this week. So we have some voicemails to play at the end of this episode. Um, but I'm gonna throw. I'm not. I'm not gonna be putting the number in the show notes because that just seems like some spammers. That's like me spending forty dollars on fucking sidekicks again. I'm not gonna put the phone <laughs> number in the show notes. But I am gonna each episode. I'm gonna try to say so that they at least have to go through the effort of listening to the episode to get the number. The Matt and Mark hotline. If you want to call, leave us a, a message, a review, a question. You can call us at seven zero seven 
704-948-6707. Once again, that's 707-948-6707. And we will get your voicemail and we will play it on the show. You can also leave us a voice recording in Instagram. I actually think that sounds better when people do that. But a lot of people, for whatever reason, don't want to do that. So people like to call in. So there you have it. You have two options now to get in touch with the Matt Mark Movie Show. Two, item two, or item three, I guess. Item three. I want to give a quick shout out to our buddies at the Underrated Podcast. They had me on to talk about Bubba Hotep for their first episode of 2023. I was very flattered to get to talk nice. Bubba Hotep with the Underrated crew. So do go check them out at Undercast Company on Instagram. Go check out their feed and check out my guest appearance for Bubba Hotep. I had a blast with them. And we're actually going to have the Underrated crew on this show uh, soonish. I'll say soonish. I don't want to spoil what movie. Uh, we're going to have them on for but they are all going to be joining us so thanks again to them Bubba Hotep's awesome go check that out actually Bubba Hotep is the first I know you've already been watching movies and accumulating movies Tommy Bubba Hotep is the first movie this year that I've watched more than once so I already have it in my rewatch column I watched it three times it's funny I saw I think on socials the other day you posted last four watch and I was like Hotep's in there twice. Is that a, <laughs> yeah, uh, dude? Is that yeah. deliberate or is that an accident? It so was deliberate. It was definitely deliberate because I went, I went through once, just kind of basking in the glory of Bubba Hotep, and then I went through again with a little more of a shrewd analyst yeah. eye to like sort of highlight some scenes I wanted to bring up on the show, and and it wound up being a giant love fest anyway because the movie's fucking oh, awesome. Yeah. So it's one of those super fun ones. I am definitely due for a rewatch, but I love Bruce Campbell. And I love Don Coscarelli. I think he's one of those unsung horror directors that yeah. don't get talked about enough. He's to me, he's like he's like Joe Dante Light a little bit. Like he just oh yeah, I can kinda, see that. You know, and and even Joe Dante in his own right doesn't get all the flowers. Like if Joe Dante made, made six Gremlins movies and that's like all he made, he was correct. like oh, just the Gremlins guy. Just keep making them. That's Don Coscarelli. <laughs> that's Don Coscarelli, but for Phantasm. Yep. yep. So that's cool. I'm I'm gonna have to watch Bubba Hotep soon, but I'm looking forward having to its twentieth twentieth uh, anniversary commemorated by Scream Factory. Speaking of four Ks, that's coming out in four K soon. I think you could pre order. Nice. But of course, Scream Factory, my favorite label. Those bitches, they'll rake you over the coals. They want you to pay oh, forty, fifty bucks. I'm like, I'm like, hey guys, fifteen percent off is not a sale. No. Two dollars off is not a sale. Yeah, like, that covers tax. Yeah, I was like, do right. Look at Vinegar Syndrome. Look at MVD. Look at Kino. These people are actually taking percentages off. That's what you need yeah. to be doing, Scream Factory. Uh, okay, that's I digress. Why, that's like my favorite thing about the holiday season. Obviously, you know, I like to get gifts from my wife and I like to, you know, talk to the family and stuff. But it's the movie sales, man. The 50% off Arrow, the 50% off oh, Criterion. Yeah. Like, and uh, Scream's got to get on that. And every holiday goes yeah, at dude. half price. Like they pretended that was what's what was insulting because i got excited because you got everybody knows i love screen factory and shout factory but like they were like flash sale i was like oh boy i can't wait and it was like a paltry eight like eight percent off it was still 60 yeah. bucks i was like get the fuck out of here that's not a sale yeah, yeah. item four um this is kind of nuts um in a couple weeks i don't know exactly when but we number we number the main episodes bonus stuff kind of exists in its own sort of system main episode wise dude we're coming up on our 100th episode which sa- is fucking surreal to even say this is episode 95 right okay 
also randomly tommy i think we've only had you on for odd numbered episodes which is weird for our for our numerology people in the audience <laughs> i'll take it man I, there you I, go if, if it becomes a trend and it's a hit <laughs> then we gotta stick with it right it's always uh, a hit so. when you're on the show dude it's always a hit it's always a hit well, that's awesome i always have a great time and kudos to you guys let me say sorry to interrupt your housekeeping but as a fellow podcaster who's you know at one third the amount of episodes you're at it's that's impressive man and you guys are an inspiration to us fellow movie nerd casters out there so you guys are killing it bro thank so, you well day. i would say um we have we certainly have a reputation to live down to because i would say maybe 20 of those episodes are good and about <laughs> 80 of them are average <laughs> so we're, we're gonna do something special for our 100th episode i don't know what that is but we'll come up with something maybe it'll be my dream would be for it to be like a full-on call-in show, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I also think that would be a nightmare. Um, <laughs> so we're going to have to come up with something. So if you have some ideas, tell us what you what you would want to hear for our 100th Matt and Mark movie show episode. And finally, last item of business before we wrap up house cleaning is we want to remind everybody to please rate us and review us this also goes for our friend mr tommy nuggets go and rate and review his podcast as well check this shit out with tommy nuggets but please give us ratings you know i was really thinking about that over the holidays over the break i was really trying to like be like i have so many movie podcaster friends now have i rated all their shows and i went through and there were a couple i forgot to rate so i made sure to go and give them ratings and you know how much time it took about a second that's how long right. it takes it takes no time at all and zero effort and i did it because these podcasters work their asses off and they invest themselves in their shows and all they want in return is a lousy rating and a review. So what I'm saying to you, if you have not done this yet, please, please go and give us a rating on Spotify, rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and there you go. I usually do the rating spiel at the end of the show and I think a lot of people don't hear it because by that point they're like, see ya. So I'm gonna try and do that shit yeah. at the top now. <laughs> it's it's like the golden age of cinema, how they used to show the, the credits in the beginning of the movie. They're like, you're gonna know who the fucking key grip was on this. Yeah, exactly. Blast. So guess what? You will you know, know who the best boy is. <laughs> but yeah, I agree, man. Ratings, it's an easy thing and reviews it's an easy thing to forget because if you're if you're listening to tupac if you're listening to you know uh credence clearwater revival you're not like i gotta give ccr a thumbs up like this is a great spotify experience <laughs> ccr definitely needs my five star rating <laughs> right it's it's very easy to forget however it's even easier to remember and just be like you know what blam five stars thumbs up whatever whatever you know caster you're on just drop that that rating and uh you know you're having fun if you're spending hours at a time going over these movies here so yeah hit, hit up the matt and mark movie show and you can hit up check this shit out with tommy nuggets too but ratings are like the easiest way to spread podcast love man easiest it's, it's so easy it's so, so painless too it's so painless so there you go yeah. there's our spiel so we're wrapping up Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. What kind of motel is this? Um, <laughs> here we go, ladies and gents. The big business. Tommy Nuggets and I reviewing Megan. This is a new film. This, one, I believe, was the first. Because I remember this was like a big public deal when Blumhouse and James Wan's Atomic Monster decided they were going to collaborate and start releasing movies together. And... I, I took that news. I think we even reported on it on this show. I was very excited. Not because I'm like a huge Blumhouse fan. There are certain Blumhouse titles I like quite a bit. One of them made my favorites list last year, which was the Black Phone. Sure. Shout out to the Black Phone episode, but that Tommy's also on. Um, uh, yeah. But 
I love James Wan's movies. Um, I even love his like I to me, he's made the best Fast and Furious movie. I even liked his Aquaman movie and his horror movies are fantastic. Malignant, we fell absolutely head over heels in love with. Um, and so I was very excited to learn about this news because if anything, it just meant if Blumhouse is attached, it means it's going to get in front of eyes. It's going to be everywhere. Like somehow Blumhouse just seems to be like this now ubiquitous name in horror where they, they're just kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're going to have three and four releases a quarter. So more James Wan movies to me is always a good thing. So I was very Absolutely. excited. So I think this is the first of those to come out from that proposed partnership. And that movie is Megan. But funny enough, James Wan only wrote the movie and helped develop it and create it. It's directed by a guy named Gerard Johnstone or Johnston, but I'm going to say Johnstone. And he made one other movie that I actually watched called Housebound. Have you ever seen Housebound? You know, it's funny. It's it's probably on three of my queues across multiple streaming services, but it's one that I have not checked out yet. Um, I In just doing a little research for this episode, I kind of intrigued myself and wanted to catch it these last few days, but I just I haven't been able to uh, squeeze it in at night. So uh, Housebound is on my very soon to be watched list and I've heard good things. Uh, it sounds like it's kind of in the vein of maybe not cr- quite as crazy as Dead Alive, but it is uh, Kiwi horror cinema, independent yes. cinema. It definitely um, feels Dead Alive adjacent. It's dead adjacent is what I would call yeah, the movie. Yeah, and that's Dead Alive's awesome. I love Peter Jackson. So uh, it's it's on my radar beeping closely now. But I have not seen Housebound yet. I remember liking it quite a bit. Um, It hinges on a giant twist, so I'm not going to go into it any more than that. I don't want to spoil anything for Tommy. But uh, that's where this director's coming from. That was eight years ago, Housebound. So what's the guy been up to? I don't know. But now we have Megan. Megan uh, tore through the box office. Still, no one can beat the Avatars. The Avatars are still the kings. But she came pretty goddamn close Megan opened with over $30 million at the box office, which is a huge, anytime you have an original horror property, especially horror, but I mean, original IP, we should all be applauding and hey, you know what, it it gets the Marvels out of the way and the avatars and all that. So it's cool that some original IP broke through, but that it's a horror is doubly as sweet. So I, yeah. I'm really excited about what this could mean, especially for this James Wan Blumhouse collaboration. I think these are only going to get bigger and better and they're going to attract bigger marquee names and um and well, i'm, I'm a, just so great it. first step i mean as you said earlier this is uh pretty sure their first movie under this under this new collaboration and i mean if it was a misstep or like a mildly received movie then it'd be like well, okay but no it's a it's a you know it's a great first step and uh i i definitely was happy to see that it did well because anytime horror can even compete against a huge big big old dog like avatar or any marvel films or anything it's a good sign and especially for it being a dump month like it's the first weekend of the new year they traditionally (laughs) drop this is usually liam neeson's weekend (laughs) yeah you know escape room three should be coming out or something like that exactly uh, or taken nine or whatever, however many they're on. So yeah, it's uh, it's good to see that uh, something's doing well in the horror genre, and it's totally new, new IP. You know, it's it's not anything uh, we've heard about before. Well, at least specifically not. <laughs> in the spirit of Mithrigan, I hope Taken Four is to Forken. 
<laughs> they release a giant four where the A should be. So Tommy, I wanted to kick it off to you. Um, I know obviously you're you're like the other big horror head that I know out of my friends, movie podcasters, um, a guy who truly takes his horror seriously. You are a student of the genre. Um, where did you come out on Megan? So overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was extremely fun and not like it seemed like it was trying to be highbrow or lowbrow. It just kind of stayed where it was. I know that when I heard it was going to be PG-13, you know, in the last few weeks or so, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know about that because it was originally supposed to be rated R. Um, but I think they still delivered on the... You know, obviously you don't have a lot of gore, but it's intense. The scenes of violence that you do get in the movie, there's an intensity to them that you don't really need the gore. You don't have to see the blood and the guts. And uh, so I appreciated that they were able to do that and still kind of turn this into something that's like a little bit of a popcorn flick right now. There were, I think you mentioned this on social media. There were kids and teenagers in my theater on a Saturday night. uh, Oh, yeah, dude, I had... Like, I'm not being funny. Like, I had literal children in my audience. Like, I had a, like, I'm not good with kids' ages. Like, I had what sure. it looked like a six-year-old kid. I'm not kidding. Swaddled in, like, a blanket from home that he brought to go watch Megan. And I was like, this is clearly, like, his parents are probably horror fans and are like, let's just right. fucking go see Megan. But I think, like, a lot of the kids, there were, like, a group of, like, tween girls. I was like, dude, they're here because TikTok. Like they're here because Megan is on TikTok. That that's why they're here. So in a way, I don't fault them for going for that PG thirteen. I do wish you know you know me like I, I would have wanted to see. I want to see what that R rated version would be. But man, good on them for the PG thirteen because I think it kind of forces you editorially, yeah, to make decisions. And sometimes, sometimes it can come off like a shitty PG-13 horror movie that's very bloodless and very fake. But I think in this case, it worked because a lot of the kills happen off screen and your mind goes to horrible, horrible places. And (laughs) and where your mind can go is almost worse than whatever they can show you. Absolutely, uh, dude. Absolutely. I I heard that the director, Gerard Johnstone, said uh, when he was kind of questioned about dropping it to PG-13, he, he used uh, Drag Me to Hell, Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell, as a reference for what a PG-13 horror movie can still look like and be and be good and scary with. Dude, and fuck. I, I forgot that. that movie's PG-13. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. and it's That movie it's nuts, does not though. fuck around. That movie's got balls, man. It really does, man. And, you know, literally, the obviously, the ending suits the uh, the title of the movie of being drugged <laughs> to hell. But, right. um you know, I thought that was a pretty good uh, comparison for what he was trying to go for. And obviously, these two movies are nothing alike. But I feel like that level of intensity and the fact that you almost forget that it's yeah. PG-13 yeah. was was definitely there in Megan. And then the good news, too, is that the screenwriter, um, someone named Akila Cooper, was basically saying they were a little bit bummed that so much stuff got got cut from the r-rated version but that they hope that the film will eventually receive an unrated release an unrated cut and if the screenwriter is saying that while they're still in theaters i'd say there's a pretty good chance someday oh, down yeah. the road i'm seeing i'm seeing those physical media 4k dollars with a with a yes. an unrated edition attached like it's dvd circa 2007 where they had the yeah. extra cg blood versions like <laughs> 
on DVD. Yeah. I could see they that totally happening. It's a bunch of nudity, and then you watch it. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, you know, it's just some unedited scenes. It's uh, the too the too hot for TV version. Damn, the, the terror read edition. <laughs> yeah, totally the terror read edition. It goes up two rating points if you have the terror read edition. I will say too. I think it's also a credit to the story and the tone of this movie that it works so well without the R-rated kills, without the gore. Like, I was so entrenched in just the story and the pacing of this movie that I barely noticed. The only time I noticed the lack of blood, and the and there is some blood in the movie. They do wisely save some blood, um, for, especially for the big moment. I don't think it's a spoiler, but just in case, let me tag it. Spoiler! For the <laughs> big moment in the hallway where she dances around and she attacks the boss with the um whatever that paper shredder it looks like a little katana blade it's, it's the paper shredder blade yeah You're yeah totally exactly right, paper cutter blade paper blade Old school. Uh, <laughs> but that they wisely saved it was like they were so smart and calculated about okay we have a pg-13 let's use our our two fucks or three fucks wisely let's use our one moment for blood wisely um and then that's it and you don't even notice the lack of it because it's so good because you do get some violence that's seen but the stuff that's not seen is worse like and i'm thinking especially about the neighbor when she gets tagged with the power washer oh yeah dude yeah, i brutal. think that was like oh man the cutaway was worse there, you're in your chair and you're feeling it you know like you don't yes. have to actually see it you're feeling it and uh yeah i think that they that they were really wise with their usage of this stuff because if you want to find an f-bomb you can as you said if you want to find some blood you can but it's like if they were given, you know, the green light to use 16 ounces of blood, they used 14 ounces in just the right perfect scene. You know oh, I mean? yeah. Like, yes. Um, and they did drop a few fuck bombs, which is nice because that's, I mean, kids hear that, you know, that's how kids talk. That's what they hear nowadays. So, oh, yeah, uh, dude. Kids are on it. TikTok watching, you know, people twerk and, and doing yeah. all kinds of shit. They can handle a few fuck words, I think. I think yeah. our kids can can handle that. They're damn near seeing people fucking on TikTok. So what's what's hearing the word? <laughs> exactly. What's the oh, problem, man. right? What's the fucking problem? <laughs> you know what I thought too? What I liked quite a bit about this movie, and it, and it wastes no fucking time. It reminded me tonally a little of Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop with the sat the satire. You know, you get that great commercial at the beginning of the movie that almost yeah. felt kind of like the fun, like, I'd buy that for a dollar. Like it felt like yeah. they were making a point to mock this thing. And once that started, once the commercial opened the movie, I don't know why, but immediately I was like, they know, dude, like they know what they're doing. They know that they're going to satirize and mock this market. And the commercial's fucking hilarious. Like it works. I should say this yeah. movie slayed with my audience. All the jokes worked, lots of laughs, lots of gasps when there needed to be. It plays great. I think it is certainly uh, worth checking out in a theater. Um, but man, I loved the RoboCop Verhoeven kind of satirical tone, especially too, because once the commercial, all right, it's, it's easy to do that with a commercial, the fake commercial, we all kind of know that trope well, but they do it even more when Megan is kind of the, the speaker box for that satire, right? When she sort of plays off the like, you know, fucking with the amazon echo that's in the house alexa or whatever right. the way that she responds you know like doing a pull pulling a little bit of a a, a hal 9000 like we weren't finished talking like right. the satire's there you know oh and totally. it even comes and through too in those bits where she sings i thought that was such a great 
addition. It was so creepy. And, and that nice little nod, again, satirical, where the songs she was singing were like, they were like tongue in cheek. You know, she's singing Titanium. She's singing fucking, you know, it, it, they're all like funny, robotic, automaton songs, right? right. I just thought that was and a great I, choice. I think also, too, they, they slid a few references and homages to even specifically to RoboCop in there. And uh, I know I probably would catch more on a rewatch, uh, which will definitely happen someday. But like when the uh, roboticist holds up the pen and gets Megan to look yes, at Yes, yes, dude. That's full on. You thought of Miguel Ferrar right there, dude. Yes, yes, <laughs> thank you. They have him focus on the pen. Like, so, no, I thought I thought the satire was great and, and the social commentary as well about, like, as you're seeing all this happen and the commercials and these, you know, whatever those fur pet things were in the beginning, yes. you're like, I could totally see this existing as a real product. Um and whereas obviously in robocop it was like sunblock 9000 you know <laughs> right, like it, right. it was things we don't need yet <laughs> some of the shit they were showing in megan i'm like this could exist yeah. today. it's coming i just i was thinking it's coming these are coming oh, right yeah. they're coming down, down the like, line dude. next christmas it'll be here there'll there's be a bit where they go to the megan. there's like robotic pets and shit you're like this is coming dude Oh, it's totally. coming yeah <laughs> it's like tamagotchi on on steroids or yes or the fucking furbies i can only think of the evil furbies now um <laughs> yeah. yeah dude they, it, it, it's coming like it, that's the other thing too not to get too heady on this review because really what this is i don't i don't want us i don't want to say that this is like some mind-bendy movie it's just a fucking well-made movie that leans into camp and is very good about how it portrays its pulpy nature like it knows what it is it knows how to hit mm -hmm. those beats and hit them effectively um but i kept i was kind of stunned even more than our newer ai movies right like fucking x machina or i don't know the last couple terminators the last one was terrible but i kept thinking about this is happening dude like this is this is our future like we're putting so much stock into these machines we're letting these fucking computers run everything these oh, yeah. fucking me mecha mines right we're dumping all the shit into the ais they're gonna fuck with us eventually the fact that it hasn't happened yet is a little scary because i keep waiting kind of like a ticking time bomb like it's you know, coming i feel like it's happening in subtle ways like when when netflix or peacock or hbo is recommending christmas to movie christmas movies to me on january like 6th I'm like, you're fucking with me, right? AI, you know? So I feel like it is like happening in subtle ways already, maybe. And obviously, uh, you know, I don't really believe that, but the, the Skynet conspiracist within me is like, yeah, they've started already. And uh, oh, yeah, dude. You know, I definitely, I got Skynet vibes more than once watching Megan. There were times when I was like, this is how it starts, <laughs> you know? Yeah, dude. This, this movie made me put my tinfoil hat on. I was like, I'm fucking scared. Yeah. I'm scared of every all the computers and all the AIs now. And it's and I think now too, and and not to get too heavy on you, like like you were saying earlier, this is a fun movie. I don't think it's worth getting way too heavy on, but I do think they did a good job of showing, you know, how kids today really can just be babysat by an iPad or a piece of technology. Totally. And, you know, so that that definitely raised the believability of of this kid in the movie becoming obsessed with her doll uh, because it was the most awesome doll ever created. So of course she's obsessed with it, and it's like 
the generation of kids today, they are super hooked to what they're hooked to. And I feel like when we were younger, you kind of graduated from like He-Men to like G.I. Joe's and then G.I. Joe to like right. X-Men. And you put you away know? childish things. You don't, you, you weren't down. constantly walking with them. Right. You moved up the ladder and kids now it's like Minecraft and Fortnite. They stay with it for years on that same shit. Oh you know? yeah. And oh yeah. It's got its, it's got its hooks in them. So I feel like Megan, I mean, you could <laughs> see some girl taking her driver's training test at 16. Like this is my little sister, Megan. <laughs> Just, <you> know, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, so I thought they did a really good job of addressing that because in today's society, it's very easy to look at the doll on screen and go, yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> Pretty right. I also love the touch, too. I mean, this could just be me, but I, this got to be design-wise, character design. She looks like an American girl doll. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <coughs> Excuse me. She's, like, all prim and proper looking. But then... Prim and proper, the innocent face, the long yeah. matronly hair. I was like, that's a great fucking flourish that they were like, what's the girliest of the girl even beyond barbie because barbie's a little silly a little poppy like what's the girliest girl doll we can find fucking american girl dolls you look at those dolls dude and it's it's spooky because it feels so close it feels like it hues a little too close to reality a little bit um it's like but i thought that was a great design choice (laughs) yeah and they all have backstories right they try to humanize them they're like she was a slave and ran away with harriet tubman like they give them like real backgrounds you know that's and, just and like crazy. inadvertently creepy i mean to me yeah. dolls are one of those things that it's it's an awesome medium to use in horror because every generation has some form of dolls right yes yeah they are whether they're sweet whether they're a my buddy doll that looks like chucky they're inadvertently creepy i think to everyone at some point in their lives and oh 100 100 uh, i think i i had some real automatonophobia when I was a kid because of of Chucky, because of Charles Lee Ray. Speaking of Chucky, I do want to say this too for my horror heads in the audience. There was a hot minute where when this movie was coming out, I was like, you know what sucks about this movie? And I love James Wan. I love love this concept. But I was like, this is the new Child's Play. This is the 2019 Child's Play. This is almost the exact same story. It's like they mechanized Chucky. They made him an AI. He sort of went rogue. And it was all because he was imprinted with Andy. Right. That was their twist on it. And I was like, dude, it's so close. That was only three years ago. And I was like, now, granted, a lot of people didn't see that movie and it didn't have the big cultural footprint, even even in the Child's Play franchise, because the Chucky TV show, I think, had a bigger impact than the Child's Play remake did. But it still felt a little too close to me. Like, I was like, man, it just seems weird. And I'm happy to report, I think they do it. They do it and they do it their way. Like, it's it's not too close it feels like they are doing it more they're leaning more on the 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 toxic friendship and the connection and not being able to break versus the super like leaning heavily into the supercomputer that i think the child's play remake did did you catch that child's play remake with mark hamill voicing chucky i did and uh you know i definitely think there's some similarities obviously just with the basic uh the story arc of you know it was ai it wasn't like a possessed doll of course in the uh, newest child's play and uh you know but yeah i think beyond that megan did a good job of focusing as you said more on the relationship and how the little girl was addicted to this form of uh family and this therapeutic healing relationship that she thought she was having with this doll when really it was just like 
a crutch and an addiction, yes, you know, dude. Yeah. Re replacing her, her grieving process. Um, and, you know, whereas Child's Play, they didn't do that. I think that Child's Play, if they would have still had um, Don Mancini and uh, Brad Dorif involved, then they may have made a bigger splash. But I think you're right, the TV show, because it had Mancini and Dorif still, it kind of blew the 2019 of the water. And Megan does a good job of kind of standing on its own feet. And even though the premise is so super close, uh, their, their focus is different. And their focus is yeah. a little bit more like into the natural human relationship aspect of it. And all. as you observed earlier, which I love, I think that was a genius thing to bring up. The fact that parents now just kind of leave their kid with an iPad babysitter. Like, there you go. There's, you know, you see these kids. I don't know if you like, if you go to a restaurant, I'm sure you've seen this, right? Oh, there yeah. are like families that are sitting, but the kids are looking at like iPads propped up on a table, right? Oh, yeah. And like, I get it. You know, look, man, I use devices. I'm fucking surrounded by devices all day. I do think it's a little weird in a restaurant because I feel like a restaurant's a very social thing. Unless you're eating alone, right? You don't want to look at anyone. That's different. But like, I feel like it's a social thing. We're here to eat. We're here to talk. And leaving your kid with the iPad, right? I almost, you just made me think of something. Because the Rotten Tomatoes for this movie is very good. It's like 94%. I remember, that's how I knew before, as the weekend was starting, I was like, this shit's got 94% of Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, these fucking cranky, snooty critics, because they right. love to drag horror. They love to drag the horror genre. And that they're giving it this many good marks. We might actually have something really special here, right? Yeah, and then I looked Rotten at the audience score. Oh, yeah. And the audience score, the disparity, dude, it was like 25 points. Like it was in the low 70s, 60s, high 60s. And I and now you're making me kind of think, <laughs> is it the, the response, the like the parents feeling guilty, like, fuck you, make it fun of me using an iPad to babysit my child. You know what I mean? Like they get indignant about it. It's like, Maybe. how gonna, dare you mock you. us? They're going to listen to this episode and leave you a voicemail as well. <laughs> yeah. like, leave us a bitch. hateful voicemail, you <laughs> iPad parents. Well, and I, I'll say, and I'm not a parent, so it's easy for me to say, you do, you see it everywhere. And and I, I understand, I'd probably do it too. I mean, even like if my dog's being annoying and I could just hand him an iPad. And have <laughs> Dude, you would totally do it. Few minutes, I'd be like, here you go, bro. Like, but, you know, so I get it. But then I, I think at some point, and, and I think this is what this movie does a good job of, um, making the audience kind of look at and think about at some point i feel like even parents today they look at their kid and they see how like obsessed they are with the youtube video or the watching someone play a game on youtube or whatever and they're like what have i created and so they start to kind of like question using the ipad but by then it's like it's, it's too late like, it's dude it's too, too late. late yeah they got, got your kid battle. they got you right yeah. everybody's just doom scrolling your four-year-old is doom scrolling your four-year-old's yeah. watching bluey whatever that fucking blue dog is bluey and doom scrolling <laughs> that's what yeah, your they're, kids they're doing following the uh, apocalypse hashtag like mom we're all gonna die <laughs> yeah uh, I'd, I'd you know what i gotta say to your four-year-old listen to the matt and mark movie show <laughs> that's right the, the matt and mark will set them the right way we'll set <laughs> you right god damn it We'll set these kids right. I want to say a bit about the cast. We haven't even talked any about any of the actors. Um, I wanted to talk about Allison Williams first and foremost, who randomly, I would not have thought she would have been making such a big contribution to horror. Uh, but she's in Get Out, where she's great in that movie. And here we go again. We have another Allison Williams. And and I, uh, I'm going to say this because I don't think it's a. I'm not talking smacking us about Allison Williams. I think she's great, and she was great in the movie. I really think this role could have been played by anyone. But it yeah. feels a little sweeter that she's in it because she's getting a nice little niche 
carved out for her in this modern horror. And, and I think that's kind of cool because also too, it feels like a nice touchstone, like a Blumhouse touchstone back to, to get out where it all sort of feels like it's in the family, right? Where Oh, we're bringing some yeah. of the same people in, you know, it feels like a family operation. And, and uh, I really like that. And I thought she was perfectly, uh, you know, she, she's, she's perfectly capable in the movie. She does exactly what she needs to do. Right. Which is be like yeah, this I mean, cold kind of Connecticut woman, whatever she is. Yeah. Nothing that blows, you know, knocks your socks off or blows your mind. But at the same time too, I agree with you. I think it's nice to see her because her name just even on the marquee kind of lends a little bit of star power and credibility to the movie. She is the the top build actor in this. I mean, yes. you know, after her, it's, it's, it's like Ronnie Chang or it's, um, I can't remember the little girl's name, but uh, yes. yeah, I mean. God, Alex it was Williams bugging me all name. throughout the movie. I was like, where have I seen this little girl before? She Isn't looks she in the uh, Mike Flanagan. That's Haunting it, dude. Of Hill House. That's I think it. She might be in that. I think you just cracked it for me. Yep, <laughs> she's from fucking Hill House. The whole time I was like, "Why do I know your face?" I'm I'm good with older actors. With kids, I get kind of facial blindness. I'm like, I don't know. Y'all look the same to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's hard because kid kids age so fast. So you yes. could have seen her in something two three years ago and she kind of you know looks way different now where alice williams right looks the same as she looked in in get out more or less so yeah absolutely um, absolutely and yeah, you brought I up ronnie chang too ronnie chang was i thought ronnie chang stole this movie um he was a scene stealer for sure dude so his scenes are amazing he plays that fucking d-bag boss so well yeah <laughs> yes and it's funny, I, so later, like, looking on IMDb and reading credits, I was like, oh, he was the actual CEO. I thought he was just, like, you know, the boss, like, her... her like division. her senior manager or something. Yeah, but no, he was the fucking CEO, and he was yes. just being a, a total dickbag, but killing it, stealing every scene he was in, I thought. Yeah, he was great. Um, I loved that. I also loved that, and I'm going to do this again, just in case, but, like, people know how we do on this show. Spoilers! They left a little window open for a sequel here i know there's yeah. some news breaking today they're developing a sequel and funny enough tommy's wearing a jurassic park shirt because there's a little jurassic park in this movie where we get a fake dennis nedry type guy stealing all of the code and files and important information that makes megan megan and just dropping it onto an external drive that guy is killed and we never find out what happens to that drive so that information is somewhere and i could totally see them that's the barbasol can of yeah. this movie i could see them setting up megan 2.0 or whatever it's going to be called megan version 2 with that right 2.0 i think is perfect and and in step with the tech uh you know aspect so uh, and and just like every child's play sequel they could say hey as a company we worked out the kinks it's all good we got the <laughs> right going exactly you explain it away yeah we know some people died but it's not a really it's not a big <laughs> It's not a we're all deal. good we paid off their families we're good so tommy uh, let's talk a little horror talk here let's talk a little horror talk here what was your favorite kill in the movie i i think it's hard to beat that pressure sprayer with the chemical oh, in it yeah because, dude yeah um i think there were things in the movie that you kind of could see some foreshadowing with and so when something was going down with the pressure washer earlier in the in the movie i was like yeah that's gonna come back but then like i didn't know that the, the chemicals would just be blaming her in the face so oh i yeah. thought that was i thought that was great but i did think there was a, a lead up to a better kill uh or excuse me a better lead up to another kill that was inferior and that was the chase in the woods 
Um, yeah, I, I did love that ear pull. That ear pull looked great and it looked yeah. super painful, but I agree. It felt like a little bit of a cop out to have that kid just get run over. I wanted to see Megan like rip his head apart or just like yeah. come I mean, back and you like see that the kid has no head, head or something. <laughs> yeah, dude. She looked like she was going to tear his ass from Linda. Or oh, you know what they could have done too, now that I think about it. You know, they have that shot where Megan was seated by the tree with all the dolls. You go back to that shot and his head is with all the dolls. That would have oh, been perfect. great. That's for the rated R cut. They could there take that go. for the 4K. Maybe we will get that. Maybe Arrow will bless us with an uncut version. <laughs> yes. of that. That'd be awesome. Please, Arrow, if you can hear us. How um, about you? What was your, do you have a favorite kill? My favorite kill, I mean, I, I got to give it up. I mean, I know it's like saying, hey, man, what's your favorite burger? And I say it's the Big Mac, but. It was it was Ronnie Chang. It was the kill in the hallway. It was that entire sequence. Dude, I got I got goosebumps because I was enjoying myself so much. And I think you're going to totally get what I'm saying. Like when that song kicks in. Right. Oh, yeah. And just the way it's cut and timed and she dances around and comes down the hallway. And when Ronnie Chang sees her, he's like, oh, fuck. And he starts running. I got like serious almost. I think maybe because of the late 70s sound. I got the stuff kind of vibes where I was like, oh, nice. oh capitalism, it's coming. It's yep. got this fun pop song. You're going to get hurt. Here comes the guy. And it, for a hot minute, I forgot I was in a horror I forgot everything. I was just so entrenched in this sequence. It's my favorite of the movie. And I can see why it's being TikToked and memed to death. Um, I also think it's kind of badass. I love taking that paper shredder and I love that it just looks like a katana blade. I just think it's oh, so yeah. slick with her like innocent American girl look. I'm all for that. That was my that was my favorite of the bunch. I was also and, happy and, that they did not kill the dog on screen. I was like, thank Christ. I don't want to see this happen. So, so it's funny. My my wife and I are sitting in the theater and I, I, I was expecting her to pull out her phone at any minute and go, she checks a website that's like does the dog Oh, does the dog die.com. Yes. Yes. And, yes uh, so I was fully expecting her to pull her phone out and be checking it. And honestly, I would have been like, it's cool, I get it. Cause I'm sitting next to her like please don't let the dog die but they sure yeah. but kind of kind of like you said earlier they knew who they were in this movie they knew what they were doing if you got a bunch of tiktok fans sitting in your audience and you kill the dog your your second weekend you're gonna lose them gonna yeah. <laughs> you know yeah so, also funny enough i find that and this could be a generalization but i find that most horror heads we're happy to see human beings dismembered but we don't fuck with animals no. And I feel like that's another good way to lose a heart. So it's like they exactly right, dude. They knew their audience. They were like, nope, just suggest it. I love that, that power of suggestion, just like the power washer, just like the dog. Like we don't have to show it. It'll be so much worse. Right. And, uh, and it works to their advantage, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and I think the, uh, to go back to what you were saying about the hallway scene, it's funny because when that first dropped on social media, um, like the dance scene and the music, it kind of, it got almost like a little overdone to me for a little while. It was, it was like the Wednesday Adams dance. Oh scene. Jesus like Christ! Yeah. Every other post, man, and and to me, it's weird because it's like this eight-year-old girl-looking doll flipping around, and I was just like, why is this on my feed so much? <laughs> and and now watching the movie, you can appreciate that it was, it was really an organic marketing technique. And yeah. Uh, you know, I think actually the director, when Universal wanted to release that footage of her doing that hallway dance, he didn't want that released. And they were like, yeah, dude, we know what we're doing. And so they released it and it became this 
meme, this fucking sensation. And obviously that's cheap marketing to put butts in seats. And it also kind of let them know when they were getting all those returns on TikTok and, and Twitter that we need to market this towards teens. So that sequence being released and going viral like it did is what allowed them to like make the edits necessary to go down to PG-13. And then they did a pretty good job at that. So respect. For there the aren't whole- many times when the executives are right, but here they were correct. <laughs> Sometimes they, they do it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we sense the TikTokiness on this and we want to use it. We want to yeah. suckle at the TikTok teat. I mean, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So that's right. You know, <laughs> gonna that's win right. You. <laughs> I also want to shout out the screenwriter of this movie, Akila Cooper. She wrote one of my favorites. She wrote Malignant. So I kind of love this weird campy vibe that this writer brings. Now we've got Malignant and Megan, and they definitely feel like they're from the same vision. They're from the same voice. I hope this lady writes a hundred more horror movies. I love her style. I love the campiness. I love the character work. And I just love how fucking fun they are. She knows how to imbue fun in these movies, make them humorous and have you enjoying yourself. Like there are times where you're rooting for Megan, just like in Malignant, you're rooting for Gabriel. So I love that angle. And if you can do that and do it effectively, more power to you. So super psyched. Hope Akilah Cooper writes a ton more stuff. Um, I agree. Yeah, dude. And I think I the think... fact that there's that history with Juan and Malignant. Oh, and yeah. Now this, that paves the way for future projects to come for sure. I mean, they're two for two so far. So bring on Fuck. number three. Yes. Um, so we have, I believe we have a voicemail specifically about Megan. So I'm going to play our first voicemail. And this comes from our buddy Patrick M. Patrick M., thank you for calling into the Matt Mark Hotline. Here we go. <laughs> hey, Matt and Mark Movie Show uh, call-in hotline. Uh, this is Patrick M. calling and uh, trying this out. Um, I just got back from a, from a show uh, showing of Megan with my girlfriend, and um, it was fun. We uh, we both enjoyed it. It's uh, um, it was, we we're both glad to see that there there's some humor to it. That's my dog barking. Um, <laughs> I especially want to call out that uh, the supporting cast is really fun. I I really enjoyed seeing uh, uh, Gemma's uh, co-workers and her boss, Um, especially David uh, uh, was was this uh, perfect comedy jerk. Uh, Like his his outrage was hilarious to see. Uh, Plus the the police officer who came to to the door. Oh, yes, that guy was fucking great. That guy was really fun to watch. And... um, uh, the woman running the outdoor school and then the uh the mother um uh volunteering with sandwiches and things like that uh she was really really great also so um uh big shout out to the supporting cast of megan from 2023 uh also i don't know if anybody's noticed this yet but it's really difficult to search for this movie online because they really lead into the m3 gan the movie so Look out for that, everybody. Uh, Talk to you all later. Bye. Patrick M., thank you for that awesome voicemail. Dude, he's totally right. Also, I forgot about that that mom where she's like, Danny, don't, whatever. And he's like, fuck you, Linda, whatever he says. He, like, curses her out. Boys. (laughs) That's great. I also forgot about that cop, too, man. One scene, and that guy was just like, oh, God, I fucking can't think of his line now because I saw this movie, like, five days ago. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, but there was some been... line that brought the fucking house down. It was like, oh, they were asking about that. He's like, oh, yeah, dead kid. I don't know. I don't really pay attention. It was like something like that where he was like <laughs> yeah. checked out. That just a fucking away. Oh, dude, it's Slade in my audience. It's Slade. Speaking of and audiences, that... you, you said you had some kids in your audience too. You had teens? Yeah, I think more teens than young kids. Um, the theater, you know, we went on a Saturday night and uh, where I am in the mountains of Western North Carolina, it's a little chilly and, and we get a lot of tourists. So the theaters are popping on the weekends. So just generally present at the cinema, whether they were in Megan or Avatar or Puss in Boots too, there was a shitload of kids with blankets and jammers and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, coughing, sneezing everywhere. Oh, That's Jesus. I, it's a fucking Petri dish. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in my theater, there were definitely some teens and, uh, you know, I'd say probably 12 to 16 age uh, kids and they were digging it too, man. You know, kind of like you said, everybody was was laughing at the right parts. Everybody was kind of gasping and shocked at the right parts. And, uh, you know, everybody was, oh, hell no, at the right parts. So oh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it was something that was you can get mad when they try and dumb it down for kids unless they do it right. And here they did it right because there was stuff there for the kids, but then the adults weren't given a bunch of fluff bullshit, you know, like the death still felt pretty intense. The, you know, the kill scene at the end of the hallway, you still saw blood, but it was uh, minimal enough where your kid could watch it and not have nightmares for, for three weeks. Yeah. So. I don't think there was a lot of trauma here. Right. I think, the perfectly acceptable violence, I think. They, uh, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I gotta say, man, it feels like we're coming to the end of this review. Uh, do you have any last uh, points, any last bits you want to bring up about Megan before we before we close up shop? So there's just a couple of little points, you know, being a movie nerd, sometimes I think I laugh, even in a horror comedy, I laugh at scenes that maybe weren't meant to be laughed at specifically. And uh one of those scenes that I thought was hilarious is when the aunt has the social worker over to like monitor her interaction with the little girl. And the little girl mentions how she's got these collectible toys and they're not to be played with. And, you know, so the aunt, uh, Gemma, is opening this collectible box and she's just fucking mangling it. I mean, she's like, <laughs> she's like, you know, she's like jamming her fingers straight into the middle of the logo. And I'm sitting here as a movie collector and, and sometimes enthusiast, very minimally a toy enthusiast. I'm like, just get a fucking box a cutter and cut that shit open and you can kind of salvage the <laughs> You can retain some of your you toy know? dignity, damn it. Yeah, she's ripping her Funko's a new asshole. And I'm like, my God, what are you doing? So I thought that that was, that was funny. Um, and then I just thought it was funny too when maybe, maybe funny, but also like a, a, a nice homage when Megan jumps to all fours in the woods oh, yeah. and, and gets ready to pursue that little uh, bastard bully kid. It reminded me of the scene in Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead where the little girl pops up from the ground in the beginning, like the zombie girl. Oh, yes, and, yes. Uh, you know, she's at the end of the hallway and she like jumps up and, and she runs at the hall down the hallway. It reminded me of that. And it just, it gave me a little extra kick where I laughed and I think everybody else was like, oh, fuck. And I'm sitting here laughing in the theater. So um, the horror for me hit and the pacing was great. And yeah, it was a fun movie. Definitely fun. And what a great way to start 2023, right? It starts with a fucking banger. You got yeah. Megan, like you've got something that's entertaining 
fun in all the right ways. It's a horror. It's just, they couldn't have timed this better. I think our January is better because of this movie. I highly recommend Megan, especially go and see it in the theater with an audience. I think this is a movie that kind of needs an audience. Like I'm sure it'll yeah. play great at home, but like there's something about that great horror in an audience experience where you're getting the laughs, you're getting the sense of community. Everybody's gasping. Everybody's freaking out at the same moments. That's the way to discover this movie for sure. I would agree with that. I'm not usually a huge, uh, big, full audience kind of guy. Sometimes I'm like, I wish it was just me and my wife in this whole dark theater. But this is one where you can appreciate the reactions of your fellow cinema goers around you. And it's kind of like a communal thing. Everybody's laughing at the same shit and gasping at the same shit. So I would agree. Go see Megan in theaters while you can. Fuck yes. So Tommy, I, that's, I think that's going to do it for our Megan episode. We're stealing you for a second bonus episode of Rex. Rex are going to be later on in the week. So definitely join us for that. But I want to thank Tommy for filling in last minute for Marcus and reviewing Megan with me. Where can people find you on the internet? And if there's anything you want to plug, plug away, my friend. Well, thank you again for having me. And I always love coming on your show. Um, sometimes I think I have more fun recording with y'all than I do recording my own stuff because I can just pop in, say hi, talk shop, and then I can kick kick rocks and you got to do the rest of the work. So <laughs> I always enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, check this shit out is coming off of a break. Uh, we kind of took things slow during the holidays. We did release a horror-thon episode because that's, that's where our heart is in the horror genre. But other than that, we've been pretty quiet um so we've got something in the books right now i'd like to revisit one of my favorite genres that's not horror coming up soon and that's science fiction so tune in oh, shit. Uh, to check this shit out we're on spotify we're on apple podcast um and of course we are on insta at ctso with tommy nuggets and that's where we make all of our episode announcements and uh, that's the first place to go to learn when we drop our next episode covering some of our favorites in the sci-fi genre. So uh, check us out. And we're we're still here. We're just uh, we're just kind of puddling along right now. But happy to be here with you on the Matt and Mark movie show. Always, you're you're one of our favorites, and uh, we've we've become we've become good buddies. We used to just be insta buddies. Now we're very good buddies, and we love Tommy around these parts. And uh, we're big fans of your content. And I got to tell you. A, you have a ton of great podcasts, back episodes to go through, but your regular feed, I know you're like, yeah, we're more of a, of a social feed now, but like, even that, you're getting a lot of content out of it. You know, I, one thing I appreciate about Tommy is he doesn't just throw up one picture and be like, okay, but like, he goes through a countdown of things. He has con the copy on his images. He breaks down his thoughts. So it's kind of cool. You get a mini Tommy Nuggets commentary with every posts that he puts up. And I really appreciate that. Like, you could sense... Um, you're getting like a nice full package of stuff with each of your posts. So I really appreciate that, especially as a as a follower and a fan of, of what you oh, do. Thank you. I appreciate those kind words. And that's what I'm going for, my man. You know, sometimes social media is just filled with uh, quick hit images. And I'm trying to hopefully help people actually go, what, dude, I'm going to watch that movie this weekend. And I think if I can throw out a list or how I feel about some old school shit here and there, it's going to hopefully help someone do that. So thank you for the kind words, my man. Fuck yeah, man. Um, so I think we're going to go really quick to sign off here. I'm going to do a screen share with Tommy. And we're going to leave you with Megan. Not Megan. Not Mithrigan. Megan. But the Megan that I know. Megan. 
Thanks for joining us. Can you totally chillax? No, I'm so annoyed right now. Can you like not talk to me for like a second? Like that'd be great. That'd be fine. That'd be fine by me. What? Oh my God. Are you serious? This is bull. What could possibly be the problem with letting two more people in? Check your girl, bro. Excuse me, what did you say? Check your girl? Uh-uh, it doesn't work like that. No one checks me because I'm not luggage, okay? So you can go yourself. Megan, <laughs> seriously, two more people are gonna come out in a couple of seconds and then we can go in. No, let me ask you a question. What was it like being in the Green Mile? He wasn't in the Green Mile. He clearly wasn't in that movie. What does Tom Hanks' penis feel like? Megan. Moreover, how does it feel when swarms of bees are coming out of your face? Seriously, I'm sorry. It's like our favorite movie. Don't apologize for me. Yeah, this is nice. This is nice. You look like Common meets the Incredible Hulk. Megan. When you brought the frankincense to baby Jesus, you like... There we go. Bye, everybody.